Exodus 37. Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood. Its length was two and a half cubits, and its width a cubit and a half, and a cubit and a half its height. He overlaid it with pure gold inside and outside, and made a moulding of gold for it around. He cast four rings of gold for it in its four feet, two rings on its one side and two rings on its other side. He made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to bear the ark. He made a mercy seat of pure gold. Its length was two and a half cubits and a cubit and a half its width. He made two cherubim of gold. He made them of beaten work at the two ends of the mercy seat. One cherub at the one end and one cherub at the other end. He made the cherubim of one piece with the mercy seat at its two ends. The cherubim spread out their wings above covering the mercy seat with their wings, with their faces toward one another. The faces of the cherubim were toward the mercy seat. He made the table of acacia wood. Its length was two cubits, and its width was a cubit, and its height was a cubit and a half. He overlaid it with pure gold and made a gold moulding around it. He made a border of a hand's width around it and made a golden moulding on its border around it. He cast four rings of gold for it and put the rings in the four corners that were on its four feet. The rings were close by the border, the places for the poles to carry the table. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold to carry the table. He made the vessels which were on the table, its dishes, its spoons, its bowls, and its pitchers with which to pour out of pure gold. He made the lampstand of pure gold. He made the lampstand of beaten work. Its base, its shaft, its cups, its buds, and its flowers were of one piece with it. There were six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of its one side, and three branches of the lampstand out of its other side. Three cups made like almond blossoms in one branch, a bud and a flower, and three cups made like almond blossoms in the other branch, a bud and a flower. So for the six branches going out of the lampstand. In the lampstand were four cups made like almond blossoms, its buds and its flowers, and a bud under two branches of one piece with it, and a bud under two branches of one piece with it, and a bud under two branches of one piece with it, for the six branches going out of it. Their buds and their branches were of one piece with it. The whole thing was one beaten work of pure gold. He made its seven lamps and its snuffers and its snuff dishes of pure gold. He made it of a talent of pure gold with all its vessels. He made the altar of incense of acacia wood. It was square. Its length was a cubit, and its width a cubit. Its height was two cubits. Its horns were of one piece with it. He overlaid it with pure gold, its top, its sides around it, and its horns. He made a gold moulding around it. He made two golden rings for it under its moulding crown, on its two ribs, on its two sides, for places for poles with which to carry it. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He made the holy anointing oil 
and the pure incense of sweet spices after the art of the perfumer. So this is a repeat of what we were told before, except before we were told, you know, God said to Moses, tell, you know, Bezalel how to make it. And here it's in the past tense that Bezalel did this and this is how he did it. And if you compare the two, you'll notice that he did it exactly as he was told. <laughs> and um, that's important. Um, when, I don't know if anyone's ever tried to write a book uh, or studied, you know, how to be an author. And uh, one of the things that they commonly give as advice to authors is they say, don't tell your readers what's happening, but show them what's happening. So for example, you've got a scene and, and um, you know, someone's struggling with their emotions. Rather than write, um, this person was sad, that's telling, you would show them by saying a tear fell out of their eye and they turned away. So that's showing. You can see there's a bit of a difference there. And so um, what we've got here is instead of God saying that they obeyed exactly as was instructed, he's showing how they obeyed exactly as was instructed. So this is showing, not telling. <laughs> and um, what we've got here is an example of meticulous obedience. And um, sometimes when God gives instructions, they need to be done exactly the way he says. And in our modern period, you know, we've, we live with the knowledge of God's grace. We know that he's loving and patient and people take advantage of that. So they think that, oh, God doesn't mind if I just do things my own way. You know, they, they kind of expect they're just going to get love no matter what they do. And, but that's not really how grace works. Grace comes to those who get on their knees and they realize that they haven't lived how God wanted. And so they go to the mercy seat to seek his forgiveness. And that's where you get grace. You don't get grace by just taking God for granted. And what our attitude should be towards God is of people who want to do exactly what he says. And we want to be people who follow him. It's not legalism where if we don't do what he says, we're going to be destroyed. No, instead our heart is to follow what God says as best we can. And when our heart is like that, that's where we have grace. And so we've got this example here that's shown to us rather than told to us of people who obeyed exactly what God said. And you might say, well, why does God expect it to be exact? Well, there's lots of different reasons for that. And we don't, maybe we don't know what all the reasons are. But one of the reasons why God wants us to follow him exactly is because it's safer for us. It's safer for us when we follow his commands. And um, we, we have a, some people we know that are in the mining industry and they work in underground mining and Recently, there was a miner, someone that they knew that was killed in an underground mine because he did something he was told not to do. They have these sections of the mine where they tunnel out and then um, they're supposed to then send in a group to reinforce so the roof doesn't fall down. And in that intervening period, there's like kind of like a line drawn on the ground that says, don't go past this line until the reinforcing team comes through. Well, this gentleman was waiting for the reinforcing team and just thought, oh, I've only got to do this one quick little thing. And he stepped over the line. You know, he basically took for granted that things were going to be fine. And the roof collapsed on him and killed him. 
The result of that, of course, was the whole mine was shut down for a week or two. There were investigations, people were people lost income over that, the mine lost a lot of income over that, and all because someone didn't follow the instructions that they were told. And so that safety is one of the reasons. And when we follow the Lord, we're given many instructions, and um, the, the grace of the Lord is there for us when we're trying to follow him with our whole heart. And when we don't quite get it right, grace just overflows to us. But when people say, oh, I can do whatever I want, and God won't mind, that's when you're really outside of his will and you're, you're, you're now in a dangerous position. And so what we've got here in chapter 37 is it's not legalism, it's life. There's life and safety. There's boundaries. When we know that we can follow the Lord and do these things, there's life in them. We know we're safe. We know we're secure. We know we've got God with us. And there's a lot of uh, a real sense of things are going to be okay. But when we take God for granted, and people do that, they think they're safe. Like that, that miner that stepped over the line thinking, oh, it'll be fine, nothing's going to happen. But there's no guarantee that that's actually the case. So chapter 37, even though it's repeating things we heard before, it's not exactly the same. And it's a showing, not a telling, of this thing called meticulous obedience. Obviously, we're not following um, this chapter. Like This chapter isn't instructions for us to follow. But what we have in the New Testament is we have the leading of the Holy Spirit. There are things we've been told as New Testament Christians not to do. You know, don't commit adultery. Don't be immoral. Don't be worldly. You know, we watch our tongues and we try not to, to speak foolish things. And, you know, let only good things come out of our mouths. And we love our enemies. We've been told all of these things. And so we strive through the Holy Spirit's power to do the best we can as, as God's holy people. And um, then, of course, we have grace to help us. And of course, grace if we don't quite get it right. Um, but if our attitude is not that, <laughs> dangerous. Lord, I ask you to help us to be people who follow the leading of the Spirit. We want to be people that put the Lord first and, and to do our best to, uh, Lord, obey and to walk with the Lord and be holy. Lord, let your blessing be upon your people. Everyone who hears this voice of mine today, let your grace be given to them that they might be, as Bezalel and Aholiab were in this chapter, people are able to, to follow the instructions they've been given and be true disciples of the Lord.